I wanted just to review a couple things that Brother Sadu said, because we don't want to be just hearers, we want to be doers. And then uh, I want to share some things this morning that I believe are coming, so we'll be prepared. You know, if a rainstorm is coming, if you bring your umbrella, you're going to have a better chance of staying dry, right? Does that make sense? And But... Stay with me because I want to get to the word that God has put in my heart. But just to review a couple things, uh, Friday night, he reminded us that we're called to be a region of refuge. What does that look like? Well, I've always believed wherever he is, you're living in a region of refuge because he is your refuge and strength, right? Right? So we're going to let him be our refuge and strength in the days to come. How many of you would agree? And, uh, but the first night was pursue higher. And he spoke about experience of salvation, but that's just the beginning. When you're born again, you're just what? Born again. And there's more. There's the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you know, you may need the baptism of the Spirit as all these arrows are flying in this hour. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might nor by your own power, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord. Then there are the gifts, the callings of God, and as Larry spoke, miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to need to walk in all that God has purposed for us in this hour. Nothing less, nothing more. We're not going to create anything. We don't want to create anything. No hype, no false whatever. We just want all that he's called us to. And then the seven spirits of the Lord. How I many of you know what those seven spirits are? Spirit of the Lord, wisdom, counsel, might, understanding, knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We're going to need not just wisdom, especially man's wisdom. We need the spirit of wisdom to rest upon us to know what to do, how to maneuver through this hour. And we're going to need the counsel of heaven. But how many of you know he is a good, great counselor. He is. And then we're going to need to walk in the encounter, the, the powers of the age to come. And uh, that was another step in the process. And we're going to need it all. So we want to walk in those. You know, if you're living in this age, regardless of what's happening around you, with an understanding or a vision of a revelation of what is yet to come, you'll have a better chance of getting to where you're supposed to be in that time to come. So anyway, I do know he emphasized you better be in God's word in this hour. You remember that? And he gave a great illustration of a pastor and all. I won't go back to that. But anyway, just get in God's word. You want a word from the Lord today? Get in the word. If you don't know where to begin, just begin. Look online. You can Google. Google will actually help you out. Just say, Google, give me a nine-month read-through-the-Bible plan beginning in the New Testament. You can begin wherever you want, but that's just an example. But get in the Word of God. His Word is a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. If you're not in the Word, you're going to be on a path looking for how to get to where you're going. Well, the Word of God is a lamp. It's a light. 
And so anyway, he talked about the first night, go higher. The second night was the serpent spirit is coming. And I've seen that spirit, and I've seen it in a dream. I think it personally more than a serpent. I think it was the beast in my own estimation. But anyway, you're going to need to know how to walk in the truth. And uh, the serpent spirit, the way he defined was the deception. How many of you know there's a little deception going on in America today? Just a little. The Lord said, I mean, the number one way you'll know you're at the end of the age is what? Take heed that no one deceive you. If it were possible, even the elect. So anyway, he went on into that, the spirit of Antichrist. And these are things we've talked about. If you've been at this church, we talk about these things. And then Sunday, I've not necessarily spoken about this, but similar. But he said, the seraphim are coming. And the seraphim were the burning ones. There's fire coming to America. And more than what men can create, this is the fire of heaven. And you know, he spoke about how this fire will either refine you or burn you up. One or the other, you know, the Lord's gathering together his wheat into barns, but he's gathering, you know, the tares and bundles. Anyway, um, that meeting last weekend had some really impact upon a lot of people's lives. One of my young sons, I've got a group of young men I pray for all the time, but um, he said they, his team, he was here, but his team, his ministry team over in the other part of the state, they were watching, listening, and um, they had a prayer call Monday night. They said the Holy Spirit failed in their prayer call, and they began to weep and repent. How I many of you know that kind of stuff is a good thing? When there's repentance and brokenness and turning toward the Lord. But I got to tell you this. Brother Sadu spoke about a lot of things that are happening and have been happening around here. You would almost think, hey, our pastor's been speaking to him behind closed doors. I had nothing. I had nothing. I promise you. When I saw him in Gettysburg and Washington, D.C., I don't tell him things happening. I just say, how you doing, Brother Sadu, when you're coming, you know, and stuff like that. But I was sitting there thinking, God, they're going to think I told him the whole thing. No, the Holy Spirit told him. He read this church's mail. No, I like that. I appreciate when the Holy Spirit does that and you don't have anything to do with it. You have the foggiest. So anyway, I wanted to clear the air on that because some of you I know. How many of you thought about that possibility? I know some of you did. I know it because I thought about it. I said, what, did I say it maybe in passing, you know, whatever? But no, I didn't. Anyway, go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to pray and uh, address some things as a pastor and as a watchman. You know, if a watchman sees something coming and they don't sound the alarm, God's going to hold that watchman accountable for remaining quiet. You don't want to be in ministry in this hour unless, number one, you have a real calling from above. And number two, unless you're willing to risk it all. And uh, be willing to speak whatever he puts in your mouth. And you don't hold back. So, Lord, I want to thank you for this morning that we've already had a wonderful day. 
Lord, thank you. We get to send people to missions and things happen, you know, CDs and recordings and mission trips and all these things, Lord. Thank you for the family that's here this morning. I'm really grateful, Lord. They're people you're drawing together, as Larry said, getting ready to position us and anoint us for the day in which we've all been called to. And I thank you we're going to make it until we fulfill every purpose that you've written from the foundation of the world. And nothing can take us out except you. And if we choose to walk away, but we're walking to you, and we say yes. How many of you say yes? In this hour, Lord, here we are. Everything you've been preparing us for, from the foundation of the world, everyone in this room, those watching, we say yes. Now turn with me in Ephesians chapter 2. I'll begin reading there in a moment. I just want to say this. As a pastor in America, pastors should be speaking this all over the nation. In regard to what happened in Atlanta this week, in Fulton County, Georgia, you know when a political party arrests its political opponents because they are a threat to them and their control, that's not America that we've known it. It's not even close to what our forefathers intended. That was the reason for the Constitution to restrain one power, one party from gaining dominance or tyranny. And anyway, that just shows you what there are many who can think of the Constitution today. And uh, it has become of no use. But to us, we still live under it. But we have a constitution called the Word of God we're going to live under no matter what. And uh, we're going to say yes to him. As for me and my house, we're not going to bow to the tyrants. We're going to bow to the King of glory. How many of you say that's where your commitment is? You're going to have to make it sooner or later. Either you're going to follow the spirit of this world and proclaim Baal to be God because that's who their God is, or you're going to make a stand, no, Jesus is my Lord, regardless of what it might cost you. And by the way, true discipleship is extremely costly. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, That means they weren't silent. And they loved not their life even unto death. That's how you overcome. Anyway, what happened this week is a sign that we've crossed the line of no return. So we're going to have to be the church because guess what? We've already crossed that line of no return. When you chose to follow Jesus Christ, that wasn't just to follow him as long as things go according to what you thought they, the way they should go. It's not when everything is rosy and the turnips, you know, are all whatever. The tulips, not turnips, tulips. But turnips might be good too. I tried to grow something in my garden. It still hadn't grown. And I've been watering and I've been speaking to those. What, what are they? I don't know what they were. Well, the watermelons are doing okay, but the other things aren't worth a flip. <laughs> anyway, it's not because I hadn't watered them. But we're going to have to make some choice. You know, Satan knows that his time is short. Yeah. 
Well, guess what? It's probably later than most of us would think. But I thought about that yesterday, and I felt like the Father said, but yes, yes, you tell them. It's later than they think, but there's enough time to do what I've called them to do. But they must move. They must work now. And um, we got to be about his purposes. Now, this morning, I um, want to share some things that are happening. But at the end, we want to give many of you watching and those of you in this room, we want to give you an opportunity to respond and follow Jesus Christ. If there's ever been a day to make your decision firm, this is the hour. This is it. You know, you got to make your choice. You know, though none go with me, yet still I will follow. I have decided. I mean, if you remember that old song, you're going to have to decide in this day. And we're going to give you the chance. All over the world, God's going to give people one more opportunity. And it's happening. We're part of it. I can't wait for next weekend, the School of Evangelism. And, you know, you can come. The nights are open meetings. But if you're part of the family, you can come to the whole thing. It starts Thursday night and then Friday and Saturday and then Bobby will be here on Sunday, but Charlie Champ will be here. This is a big thing. I encourage you to come. You, don't, you just come. You don't have to register, but just come, show up. The Lord is preparing us to be trumpets. We are his ambassadors. One more shot. In every nation on the earth, the gospel is going to be proclaimed. But you've got to follow him. You've got to respond to him. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, look in verse 8. I'm going to get to the thing I need to share with you, then I'm going to get back in the Word. But look in this, for by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. No one on that day is going to brag, they're going to have any boasting. We had nothing to do except to respond to him. What he did, he did it all. And so it was his work, but that's not the end of the story. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, but look in verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Say good works. So we saw the works of which he accomplished in verse 8, but in verse 10 we see the works you and I are called to. And either we're going to walk them out or we won't. It's a choice. It's a sacrifice. It means you're willing to go. You're willing to lay down your life. But works which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So we have a choice that we should, say should, walk in them. Now, so in verse 10, we're his workmanship. And, you know, you read about all the works that we've been called to. And and this would have been a whole message, but just to give you a little review of all this portion of Scripture, it talks about how we're to walk in unity in this hour. You know, we need to make sure we're connected with one another, the churches. That's an ongoing, I can tell you, ongoing mission to try to walk in unity. And uh, But then you're to walk in love. How do you walk in love? Well, in chapter 5, you walk in the same kind of love he showed toward you. Be imitators of God. And then you're to walk in wisdom. And that's over in chapter 5, verse 15. Remember a few weeks ago we said... We had a word for everybody that was here that day, and that was, don't be a fool. How many of you know you don't want to be a fool, especially in this hour? It's dumb to be a fool. 
And it says that, so walk in wisdom. Walk carefully, circumspectly in the wisdom of God. And then walk as a new man. I could show you that, but that's for another day. Compared to the old man, you put off the old, you walk in the new. That's a daily picking up our cross and following him. And then we walk in God's created order. That's in this, in this whole section of the Bible. He speaks about marriage, men and women, fathers and mothers, children, and their parents. And it's over, I guess, in chapter 5, verse 31, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Do you know, I just read this last night. I haven't had time to digest it. Probably good. I'm just going to believe what it said. It said, if anyone is emasculated or mutilated, they were forbidden to even to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord. Mutilated. I'm talking about their male and female parts. They were defiled and they were, could, they were stricken from ever entering in to the sanctuary of God. Now, I thought about that. And I thought, okay, God, now we got the New Testament part of that story. Because the cross offered forgiveness and redemption from that defilement. So we know that. We believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. So the effort to defile our children in this hour, yes, there can be forgiveness. There can be redemption through the blood of Jesus only and the cross. But you know, you know, maybe some of the teachers, maybe some of those that are governors that are promoting this childhood mutilation, maybe they don't know, I don't know, but you know the devil behind the scenes knows exactly what he's doing. He's seeking to defile those children so as to condemn their soul to hell. Now, the only answer is the cross. We preach the cross, but there's still something the devil is doing behind the scenes. And if they're not they can't defile the child because if somehow we lead them to Christ and to forgiveness, regardless of what evil men have done to them, the men and the women that are behind it are seeking to defile the holy order and the purpose of heaven, the family of God that God created. So they're at war with God. And Adam, if you know, eventually it ain't going to end out too well for them. I'm just telling you, I know who wins this great battle. I'd see them out there with their fists pointed up to heaven. But I'm telling you, I have a big God, and I know who's going to ultimately triumph. In fact, we already triumphed in Christ. We always triumph. Has nothing to do with what they do. It's what Jesus did for us. Okay, and then we're to walk in the light. Now, this is all setting the stage for where we're going. Okay, some of you are thinking, are you crazy? Maybe we are fools for Christ's sake. They are definitely in the world going to think we've lost our gourd. They should. If they don't think you're a fool and you're wise in the world, then you're probably not that wise toward God. You need to be considered a fool in the world. You need to be looked at as one of those resisting influences in the earth that's restraining the works of darkness. You know, that's part of our calling. 
restrain. I mean, just our walking in a food lion can, we don't even have to say anything. A child of God is walking down the aisle. Somebody's lusting at the end of the aisle, and all of a sudden, somebody filled with the Holy Spirit walks by. What do you think that could possibly do? Shake up the darkness, heaven, demons start screaming, because a child of God has walked into the place, and the kingdom of God is drawn near. We're supposed to be making a difference in this. Let your little light shine before men that they might see your good works. And if they don't see, then the work that God has done in you is still evident. And the Holy Spirit lives in us. I'm telling you, this is pretty good, guys. This is the time we've been made for. Now, the title of this message is Locked Down with Keys in Hand. Did you hear that? Locked down with keys in hand. Some people are going to say, now you should preach the things Jesus preached. Okay. He stood up and he said, deception is coming. He said, famine is coming. He said, war is coming. He said, they're going to, they're going to take you into synagogues, buddy. They're going to behead you. They're going to do all these kind of things thinking they've done me a favor. Even your own brethren are going to betray you. There'll be betrayal. There'll be lawlessness. Anyway, I could go on and on. Maybe we won't say everything that he said was coming. But anyway, I want to, uh, I, we have to stand in this hour. How many of you know you're going to have to stand again? Some of you didn't stand very well before. You're going to get another opportunity. Now, I better go back and let me pick up a few things and it will go from there. Yeah, I got your attention. I'd rather not even go here, but I'm going to go here because the Lord said go there. So I want to go. Look at this, verse chapter 5 and verse 1 of Ephesians. Be imitators of God. Don't imitate the world. You don't want to look like the, the spirit of the world is all over you. Imitate God. You're called to a higher, a different calling. Walk in love, but fornication, uncleanness, all the sexual sins, filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting. All these things are not even fitting for the, those who claim to know him. No unclean person, covetousness, fornicator, idolater has any part in the kingdom of Christ. Let no one deceive you because all these things, because of these things, the wrath of God comes. Now look in verse, um, we saw in verse 8, you're no longer in darkness, but you're walking. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now you know, I believe in the infallibility of the Word of God, right? You guys believe that. There are no mistakes. But over the years, the different interpretations of the original language, you know, there can be some Things, you know, one person or one generation might interpret differently than another generation, right? You know what I mean? So those things don't throw us off. If there's a little bit of from the King James to the New American to the NIV, you know, in one day it, a word meant something different. This is one of those cases. It doesn't mean the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we know there's the fruit of the Spirit. Goodness, faith, love, kindness, all these things. But in this case... The better translation is the fruit of light. Okay, so we're called not to walk in darkness. 
We're called to walk in light. So that would make sense in the context. The fruit of light is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So you see what is good in the eyes of God. That's what it means to walk in the light. You see what is righteous. So that's what you choose to walk in, right? And that which is holy, that which is acceptable. Because the next verse says, find out what is acceptable to the Lord. In regard to truth, walk in the truth. Find out for yourself what is true. Don't depend on CNN to tell you what is true. I promise you they won't go there. They can't. They're incapable. The spirit of Antichrist is a lying spirit. They may intermingle a little bit of truth just to get your attention, but the ultimate fruit is the fruit of lies. Satan is the father of lies, and there's no truth in him. That's how we're going to know the spirit of Antichrist. And we're at war with the Antichrist, if you haven't noticed. Some of you are waking up to that fact. Well, that's why you got to know the greater one who lives in you. That whole first John is the greater one lives in you so you can stand in this hour. Okay. And have no fellowship. Verse 11. No. Say no fellowship. What does that mean? No fellowship. No participation. Don't join hands. Don't go where they go. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, what does that say? Expose. Expose them. The word expose means rebuke, refute, reprove, put to the test. In other words, don't be gullible. Lay bare, detect, or expose it. So you're to expose these hidden works of darkness, the unfruitful, it says, but rather expose them, for it is shameful. And it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. How many of you know there are secret things being planned and done by men who think they're God? They're not God, but they're going to have a little opportunity to pretend and declare themselves as God until Jesus comes and he settles it once and for all. So we get to live in this hour. Now, so we're exposed. Look at verse 13. All things are exposed when they manifest by the light. So we're to walk, be awake. Now, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John 16, he said, remember, I've said that I must go away. And sorrow has filled your heart. But if I don't go away, what did he say he would not do? He wouldn't send the helper. So he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, I will send the helper. That tells us two things. Number one, it was a good thing that he went away. He left his disciples. How many of you know we need the helper? I need help. Guess what? You have help in this hour. Regardless of what things look like, the helper is on your side. Say the helper is on my side. The helper's within me. And the helper's guiding me. And he will. And then also in that scripture, it means nevertheless, nevertheless. So he says, nevertheless, it's to your advantage. Why would he say that? He meant what he said. 
I believe it means, and we've said this before, because of the Holy Spirit, we always, regardless of what it looks like, we have the advantage. Did you hear that? Because of the Holy Spirit, we are always at the advantage, regardless. Remember, Jesus said, Father, take this cup from me, but nevertheless. So he was saying, it's better if I drink of this cup. I would rather avoid it, but it's to the advantage of obviously us. And uh, so he's the helper, and then we're at the advantage. And I go on the rest of the thing in John 16, just to review. The Holy Spirit will come to convict the world of sin. In this evangelism school this coming weekend, I have such an expectancy. I woke up this morning thinking about things that are to be done. I have a lot of faith. I think there's, I don't know how many are coming, but I'm just telling you, this thing is way more important than meets the eye. There's going to be an anointing. There's going to be keys. I was given keys in a dream 30 years ago. You guys know some of it. I'm going to release those keys, but I'm telling you, this thing is huge in the eyes of God. I've got faith, and if I, I'd rather live by faith than somebody else's doubt, so I'm believing it's going to be big, but one of the things we have to repent of is preaching without conviction. Wait a minute. When the Holy Spirit came, he said, I will convict the world of sin. It's coming back. Just like Larry said, miracles are coming back. I'm telling you, conviction of sin is returning to the house of God in America. And people are going to fall under conviction to get right with God. But the Holy Spirit will also lead you into all truth Show you things to come. We were having breakfast. I won't mention his name, but one of the leaders, one of the men in our church, he told me an astounding dream the Lord had given him that showed him exactly the way things were going to unfold. And it just confirmed to me, that's exactly, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He shows us things to come. Well, wouldn't the Holy Spirit be holy if he saw a rainstorm coming and got you ready for it so you could be prepared. I would think he'd be holy anyway, but I think he would be the helper if he helped us get prepared. I know we have our part. The bride made herself ready. There's that the part of the bride, but I know also he's going to have to help get us ready. Now, he did by the word, and in John 16, 1, you know, he says, I've told you these things. Remember this, and this is just the background. I, when I get into the word, it'll go fast. And I hadn't even got into the, the part yet that I wanted to tell you. But anyway, I'm going to speed it up. And actually, I like preaching under the anointing. It's a heck of a lot better than preaching under your ability to remember something. I'm, rem I'm thinking, I, Lord, I can't remember much as I used to. That's probably a good thing. Because if you say it, maybe it's the Lord giving it to you. Because you need help. The older I get, the more help I need. And the more I acknowledge my need of the helper. So anyway, in John 16, 1, he says, I'm telling you these things so that when they come to pass, you will not be made to stumble. I don't think I ever got to that part where brothers to do was speaking about the great falling away. Well, that word stumble 
means to fall away. It means to fall into sin or to become offended. How many of you think there's a possibility that people are going to be offended today because many churches didn't tell them what was coming, and so they had to meet these things without any preparation, and they fell away. They fell off the path. They didn't know the Word. Maybe they just didn't spend time themselves in the Word of God. And so the darkness came, and they stumbled when they were walking, trying to find the path. They couldn't find it because they wouldn't read the Word of God. For themselves, they disobeyed. But there's going to be great offense. Now, back in 2019, I got a call from one of my fathers of the faith. He's no longer with us. He's one of the men that I, if I had to do it all over again, I would have brought Brother Dan Bowler here. And I don't know why it never happened, really. He died in about 85, I think, 84, 85 Precious man of God. I, I'd spoken about him to you many times. He would call me and pray. He was a man of prayer, deep prayer. And he would call me to tell me things that were coming that the Holy Spirit showed him. Now, we met Brother Dan Bowler in New Orleans. Shirley and I were either in Columbia, Mississippi, or somewhere. At, we were in Mobile, Alabama. So, anyway, we go to New Orleans because Dan Bowler's going to speak. I don't even know how I heard of him, but he went to give the city of New Orleans a, a warning that judgment was coming unless it repented. Now, how many of you know that's not a popular message? They held that meeting in a Holiday Inn over in Metairie next to the airport there. I remember. I'd been there before, so I knew how to get there. But anyway, Dan Bowler, we struck off a friendship, and um, it's the precious man. And I always felt so humbled. He was 25 years or so, whatever, older than me, but he would call me. And I just thought, man, I need to be calling you to ask, what have you seen? What have you? But he was just that kind of man. And he called me one time. He said, Brother David, I want to send you some information. I want you to read it, look at it, and get it to the president. Now, my thought was, okay, sure, I'm firsthand, you know, buddies. No, they all just got arrested. Those who, all they, some of them that just knew him. But anyway, I didn't, I had no personal relationship. We did have a, a watch, a prayer watch that we were doing. And so I, well, hey, send it on. I'll look at it. And then, and then I thought, well, I could send it to a general that I know. And then maybe he could get it to the president. So anyway, I read it. And it was what was about to unfold, almost word for word. It was how this globalist antichrist, I don't know, no, they never used the word antichrist. They used the word globalist. I'm using the word antichrist because we know the Bible, same thing. So anyway, how they were going to get the whole world to walk in lockstep to their agenda and begin to deceive the masses of people to conform into the image that they wanted to create this image of globalization. I knew it as the image of the beast. There's so much more I could say, but I want to get to the main thing. But anyway, I was reading this stuff saying, oh, my goodness, i got to tell people. So I told some people, I told some pastors, it went in one ear and out the other. I told them what was coming. 
I told other people that I loved dearly. And when the time came for there to make the choice, they chose the way of the world, the conformity of the world. What did I tell you? In this hour, you're either going to comply with the world and the beast system. You're either going to be complacent and sit like you're going to sit back and walk, you know, wait this thing out. It ain't going to happen. Or you're going to rise up and be courageous. The courageous, those who know their God will be strong. Now, anyway, in reading all this material, I saw they were going to let up, but they were coming back again with more lockdowns. And the next time, it would be much harder. And so, I'm thinking about all this, and I've recently begun to hear about some of that same propaganda, some of the same stuff. Even though I know it was a real thing because I I had it myself, but I know how they, it was the spirit of lie, it was deception, conformity. And it's brought just like the devil. The three things the devil does, what are they? He steals. He kills. Has there been any killing going on? And he destroys. Freedom, liberty, Everything you can think of under the sun. So as believers, we know that the devil has no more purpose other than steal, kill, and destroy. So when you see those three things happening, you can say, hmm, I wonder who's behind that. Not the man behind the mask. It's the demon behind the man. Anyway, I'm just telling you, I'm starting to hear these things. I'm just encouraging you. Get strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I don't know what this thing will look like. I know a lot of people have awakened. So they're going to have to have some twists and turns to carry out their plan of lock-stepping the planet. And I don't know where they think they are along their journey, and I don't give a rip, but I'm telling you we're going to be the people of God. You're going to have to be men and women of God. Do you know who the first ones that get tossed into the lake of fire? The cowards. So you come here, you're not going to be a part of that number. Because I'm not going there. And I know you still deal with some of these fears. Jehoshaphat feared when he saw the multitude coming against him. And when I started seeing this stuff, I'm just telling you, something came over me. I went, oh, no, God, not again. Oh, God, I don't want to go there. I felt like, Jesus, Lord, if it's possible, take, like, take this cup from me. I don't want to go there. I don't want my children. I don't want my grandchildren. I don't want college students to have to go there again. Like I say, it may look different. They're going to have to make some tweaks. Oh, and they may make it more dangerous. I don't know. They may use climate change, you know, the fear. But it's going to be fear-based. Fear-based. We don't know. That's how, that'll give you a key right there. If it's fear, it's not the spirit of God. God has not given you spirit of fear, timidity, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. There's so much more that I could share, but I'm going to restrain myself. Because I'm still learning these things. Hey, we're all discerning. You must be discerning the times. 
We are the sons of Issachar. Those guys are already gone. We are the ones that must discern the times and know what the church, what our families, what we ourselves are to do. You got to make that choice. Hear from heaven. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be discouraged because deceptions abound. Jesus said it already would be. You find out what is the fruit of light, what is the fruit of goodness. Does it produce goodness? Does it produce righteousness? And is it of the spirit of truth? Did you hear me? Have no part of the lies. Walk in the truth. That's the scripture. My question is, God, how many are going to walk in the truth, even when they know it? Well, if they have the spirit of truth in them, they'll have a lot better chance. And uh, so anyway, does this, does this make sense to some of you guys? I'm going to shift gears because I've got, a, oh, I've got plenty of time. The restaurant's open. My mix, besides, if you get there right after 12, you have to wait in line. But it won't take long. I, I want to... You know, this is amazing how these things are fitting together. Are you guys, anybody else feel that way? It's like the Holy Spirit's showing us. It's like, this is amazing, God. We must belong to you. You know, we must be on time. We must be the ones you've chosen. Well, that's really all, that is part of the story. But remember in Psalm 2, I got to share this this coming week at this evangelism conference too, this school. Remember Psalm 2, it says the devil... Well, it's his ambassadors. They're plotting vain things. And they're, they're rising up in anger and rage against God and against his anointed. We are his anointed. So they're plotting these vain things. But it says, he that sits in the heavens will laugh. And then he will speak to them in his wrath, in his displeasure. But do you remember what Psalm 2 is all about? That scripture on, the, on the, our wall. He says, let him ask of me. In the midst of all that's happening, let him ask of me the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. So that means God has a great purpose in the midst of the darkness. The light is going to shine. I, uh, I share with you Mario Morello, one of my heroes, and the way he's always been is coming to Winston-Salem in October, and they're going to set up a big tent, 5,000 person tent. I got it right. And we're going to be a part. We're going to be one of the sponsoring churches. They said something about sending teams to go to the churches to fire them up. And I said, man, send them here. We, we love people come up here that are anointed. So send them on. Anyway, I would love it. But he, anyway, I, I picked up a book and I'm just going to read the introduction and then get into the scripture. But he said, a golden opportunity is churning amid America's moral and physical disaster. The call from God is clear and strong. Come and let me make you fit to seize this golden opportunity. The Spirit of God is telling us it is now our turn. And I think about the dream that Dr. Kyle had when George Washington put his hand on him. And then Kyle reached up to grab hold of George Washington in the dream, and he backed away. That was the right interpretation. George Washington and those of old, the saints of old, are saying, okay, church, 
in the year 2023, now it's your turn. You are the chosen ones to rise up and do the will of God in this hour. I've already run my course. Now it's up to you. And I look at that as regard to Billy Graham, Billy Sunday, D.L. Moody, all of them. They're pointing to you and me. It's our turn. He said political, corporate, and media villains. I could think of some other names to call them, but I'll just go by what Mario said. Villains. They've had their day and their say. It is our turn now. Now, you know, we know that the devil takes captive those who serve him. They've been taken captive to do the will of their father, the devil. Well, haven't you and I been taken captive by the Spirit of God? We've been captivated by the love of Christ. We're captivated because the greater one is living inside of us. Anyway, this, this sense chills to me. Okay. It is our turn now because of the misery caused by the left. And the wokeness will ignite the largest influx of conversions to Christ that we have ever seen. The billions of dollars spent to erase the Christian faith will prove to be an utter waste. We are entering a season where Christian influence in America will only increase. I say amen. If I know the one that lives in me and the light that I have compared to the darkness they have, I say amen. He who holds powers to reverse plots, make plans backfire, and cause the wrath of man to boomerang has been quietly working. Soon his handiwork will be revealed. It is a massive harvest of souls that are being ripened by the misery, corruption, and tyranny. How do I know this? Because I've already seen it. And then I'm going to skip some. He speaks about how in the lockdowns in California, revival broke out. They set these tents up. And from the highways and byways, people hungry for God ran to that tent to find Jesus. Now, a lot of the religious crowd, they masked up. They joined the group and they went home and sat down. But those from the highways and byways, God, I wonder if this was part of your plan. Anyway, they started coming. Anyway, I was thinking about, that's exactly how revival broke out in Uganda. It was the lockdowns where Annie was told you could not preach on the streets. So she, her husband purchases a radio program. Then he loses his job because of a lockdown. Then the Holy Spirit shows up. And we're on Facebook. And the Holy Spirit said, Annie, there, ask that man to preach and you interpret for him. So anyway, in the midst of what the enemy had intended for evil, God started a great revival in Uganda. And now it's spreading through all of Africa. Who knew this? Who could plan things like this? This is amazing to me. Anyway, he said, oh, you, can't, you can barely get Californians, Californians to, you know, come to a meeting. But during that time, they showed up. It's our turn now. The, that phase kept repeating in my heart. It was a clue of some kind. The feeling kept growing within that I should witness some great event. And the scales fell off my eyes. I realized that as glorious as our tent crusades are, they're only a small part of a great and widespread phenomenon brewing nationwide. That is why I believe there is an urgent warning from the throne of God to get ready for the harvest. 
That's why we got to get homes ready, small groups ready in this hour. The church has been through so much in these last few years. The last thing we need is a book that raises false hopes. This book's message is not another case of prophetic, wishful thinking. And still a lot of prophetic, pathetic, wishful thinking going on. I listen to it all the time. That's not what we need. Yes, evil is being exalted in America. Yes, it looks bad for the church. Indeed, those who control the teleprompters have a clear message, and that message is Christians have no place in America. We are building. You're not wanted, and you're going to soon be discarded. You know, that is their message in this hour. But listen to Jesus in John 4, 33. Do not say there's still four months until the harvest, for I say the fields are already white. And Jesus is telling anyone who will listen, it is harvest time now. Do not think more must happen. This is it. Do not look at the frightening pictures. Look with spiritual eyes to the fields. The images of hatred and rejection do not tell the real story. You can see something wonderful if you look beyond the props. And my claim is that... Leftists and atheists are setting us up for a harvest, and the souls are about to break out because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he said, now, this is not a God told me. It's not a motivational speech. It's just reading, thus saith the Lord from the Word of God. And as I read that, I was thinking over in Deuteronomy. I read this this week. Many people even from their place of captivity, are going to cry out to him in this hour. It's sad that many have to be brought down into the pits on the verge of extinction to cry out. But that scripture in Deuteronomy says, even those who turn from God and they followed after false gods were driven into captivity. But from there, but from there, you will seek the Lord your God and you'll find him. And when you are in distress... And all these things come upon you in the latter days. You will not forsake or he will not forsake you. And so we have a chance to call upon him. Now, this, here's, I'm going to wrap this up. Look over in Matthew chapter 16. Locked down with keys in hand. And here's my picture of Mario. He gave away little things for his book. I like Mario Morello because he's one of the bold voices out there. And I thank God that there are men and women standing up for truth. And God's going to honor them and God's going to protect them until their mission is done. So you want to stay alive? Go after Jesus Christ. Go after the will of the Father. Burn. In, have your passion for him, for his word, for obedience, to be led by the Spirit. And God will show you great and mighty things. Okay, Matthew chapter 16 all right, Jesus, verse 13, he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, who do men say I, the son of man, am? You remember how he responded? Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? I am. And Simon Peter answered how? How did he answer? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So he went from verse 13 asking him, who do men say I the son of man am? 
Two, realizing that he was not just the son of man, he was the son of the living God. There are many people over the earth right now, many religions, they know Jesus as the son of man. They know, they believe that he was born of a man, that he lived, but I'm telling you, they're going to awaken. There's going to be a revelation that he's more than the son of man. He's the son of God, the living God. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I, Emmanuel, God with us. He was God, and there's going to be a great awakening to who Jesus is in this day. How many of you know that? It's going to happen. I'm a part of it. You're a part of it. You better get in on it, buddy. I'm telling you, you got to fulfill God's will. We got to together do this thing called God's will. Nobody's going to get a chance to sit back and rest this out. The Spirit of God will see to it. You will not sit this hour out. If you do, you will be removed because you will be of no value. Why stick around if you're not going to do the will of God? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, there's so much more. The Son of Man versus the Son of God. And then... He goes on and he says, he's revealed by the Father. Unless the Father reveals this to you. And so we need a revealing. We need, you know the greatest revelation that has ever been planned is happening right now before our eyes. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you want to know what to do, get to know who it is who knows exactly what to do. First of all. Now, here's some of the results of the events that are going to occur in our lifetime. Number one, they will reveal what's been built of man versus what's been built of God. Now, what is being built of God is not going to be devoured and destroyed of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. If you're building your life on the kingdom, then you are going to be in for the long haul. This is an eternal thing that he's called us to. And then secondly... There will be a revealing of the foundation you've built your life upon. If you've built your life upon anything other than the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the one who lived, died, rose from the dead, who is the healer, the deliverer, and on and on, then anyone that builds on any other foundation, remember that scripture. It's the only one foundation. How many of you know the church in America? There's been a lot of shaky foundations, but the one who's built on the real foundation is going to stand in this day. Have you believed that? I don't have any amens. I believe it. And then he's going to reveal the church that he's built. Have you noticed Jesus said, now let's go on and read. Verse 17, Jesus said, he answered, blessed are you, blessed are you. Now you can fill in your name in that, that gap for Simon Barjona. Blessed are you. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, say your name, David, I say to you that you are Peter. Now, he's speaking specifically, but the general understanding is those who have a revelation of the, of the Lord Jesus, right? You see that. I say to you, you, upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church. How many of you are part of that? And the gates of what? 
Hades, hell, the grave, you can fill in the blanks, whatever they are, all the demonic hosts, structures of darkness, scheming behind closed doors, all the secret counsel of the wicked shall not overcome, shall not prevail it. And you are the it in that blank or that space if you know Jesus Christ. They shall not prevail. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So another thing, the events are going to prove that the gates of hell will not prevail on what he promised would prevail in the earth. And then the next thing, the events of this hour will only cause us to discover the keys that we've been given all along. You know, you got keys you thought you lost. Some of you have got keys you never used. It's time to get those keys out. Polish them off and use them. Because they're going to lock down darkness and they're going to unlock the kingdom and souls and regions and nations and families and hopeless situations and death is going to, listen, all kinds of keys because the greater one lives inside of you and me. Now, you guys get that. I don't know how many of you understood it. Some of you didn't want to hear about lockdowns. What you need to get most of all is that his church cannot be locked down. You can't lock out. You can't shut the door. You can't stop it. You can't silence it. You know they've been trying to do that for more than a few, these last few years. And the wicked, evil, demonic people that are imitating as human beings. But anyway, we won't go there. But anyway, you, you ain't, it ain't going to happen. I will build my church. And the gates of hell and darkness and death and destruction shall not prevail. So I want to release that over you. Stand up. I want to release these keys. I don't know. Maybe you visited here. We're going to just release keys to you, okay? And others, you're going to have to take them out. I can tell you the keys that I'm going to release at this conference. I've been waiting to release these keys a long time. And I really believe something happened when Chris Reed prophesied over me at a Morningstar conference about, what was it, six, eight months ago? Yeah, within the past year. And he asked, he said, there, he gave a word, and he said, there's somebody here that, had, anyway, I'm not going to tell you now, but anyway, I, it was something that fit me. Now, like many people, I thought, now, Lord, that couldn't be me. And then I thought, now, Lord, I'm part of the staff. I'm, part, I'm one of the pastors. If I stand up, they're going to think, that me and Chris have this prophetic thing going. And no. So anyway, I just stood there. And he kept prophesying. He kept saying, you got to stand, whoever this is. You got to stand. Don't miss this moment. Well, somebody stood on the other side of the room, and I knew the Holy Spirit said, he ain't the one. You're the one. But I felt like I missed it. You ever been there? I'm just, I, well, I missed it. God, give me grace. And then I thought, okay, God, 
If Chris Reed comes, there's probably a thousand people more. I said, if Chris Reed comes and stands right in front of me, I'm going to tell him, hey, Chris, I'm the one this word was for. So guess where Chris Reed shows up? (laughs) He's right in front of me. I said, Chris, the word you just gave, it was for me. I'm the one. It happened 30 years ago in a dream. And he turns around and he says, it's time to get those keys out right now. I told Alan Smith that, and Alan said, that is when the wind began to blow. And everything's going to change. So I want to release that to you, okay? I don't know what keys fit for you. Then we're going to pray for the loss. But, Lord, I thank you for your goodness, your mercies. Lord, you're a mighty God. Thank you, Lord, that you are ordering things in this hour. Men think they're in charge. They're going to be in for a rude awakening. Thank you, God, that you are setting things up for a great final harvest. Lord, I want to confess, there are times when I hear these things, my heart sinks as a man. And I know now what Jesus felt when he said, Father, take these things from me. I know a little bit, I don't know it all, but just a little bit of what he felt like. But he said, nevertheless, nevertheless, let your will be done, your will, the will of the Father. And I thank you that his nevertheless resulted in something we could never, ever under fully understand, salvation, that those who would call upon your name, that all that would call would be saved. So, Lord, right now I pray for this room. I pray for those watching. Lord, I thank you. You've, all, you've summoned us to this hour. It's not a time. We're not, we don't have a choice. You're not going to sit back. You can't run for cover. The only cover is in Christ, in him. In him there is great grace and mercy and, and promise. And Lord, I thank you. You are our refuge in times of trouble. Lord, I pray right now for release of keys, supernatural gifts, keys, anointings to your people. Lord, I'm just a man, but I am a man that lives by faith. I believe by faith. God, whatever is not of faith is sin. So I believe you're going to release keys in this hour all over this nation to release and unlock the purposes of heaven that will be revealed on the earth that's going to result in great salvation and great glory being demonstrated in the midst of the hour in which we've, li- we've been called. So I release those keys. I release the faith, the gift of faith. And I call in heaven's resources and provision. God, I thank you. You are more than enough. You said my grace is sufficient for you. Now, Lord, I also pray for courage in this hour to stand. Lord, I don't know all the things, and we're not locking anybody in any kind of a box. We're going to be led by the Spirit. You don't do what I say. You do what the Holy Spirit says at the moment. There are things that are, he may shift things and tell you how to act in one time, in another, you, you can't. But be led by the Spirit. Is that a good plan? Be led by the Spirit. Those are the sons of God he's raising up on the earth. 
They're led by the Spirit of God. So I declare that over these. They will be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, I just thank you, God. There's, I'm telling you, there's a whirlwind brewing across this land right now. And I thank you part of it's right here. And some are going to go out. I will never see them again. But wherever they go, they're going to bring that whirlwind with them. And they're going to see his glory. And if you've never met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to just lead you in a prayer. Those of you that are watching or you're in this room, you're not certain. One time we were doing an evangelism school in my church, our church in West Virginia, and we were practicing sharing our faith with one another. And uh, what was the guy's name? Paul. Paul Sell. So anyway, I had him as a partner. And I just went over the little plan of salvation. And then I started to turn away. And Paul said, wait, I want him. What do you mean? We're just practicing. He said, I know, but I don't know him. And in that practice, I gave my life to Jesus. And now I think Paul's serving the Lord. It was practice. (laughs) You know what I mean? Anyway, just pray this prayer. If the Holy Spirit's calling you right now, dealing with you, say, dear God, I need a Savior. I believe in Jesus Christ, that he's the son of the living God. I believe he died and he rose from the dead. I confess my sin and I ask you to forgive me. I choose to turn from my sin and I turn my life over to you. Thank you for the shed blood on the cross. And I confess you with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And I call upon you and receive you by faith. Now you watching, if you prayed that prayer, you can email us at itrustjesus20, the numbers, 2023 at gmail.com. I have that email address. And we believe it's going to be full of Africans, but all people all over the nations. So anyway, I trust Jesus. 2023 at gmail.com will send you some information to help you in your faith. Well, praise the Lord. What a wonderful day. God bless you, sir. And what a great, mighty man of God you are. I don't know what you do in life, but the hand of God is like on you. He's like, he's like he's had at times to really be on you. Like, like yeah, it would, he's like he wouldn't let you escape. It's like you ain't escaping my call on your life. So he kind of put more pressure. You're a mighty man of God. Like a Gideon. You stand firm. Pray right now. Father, bless that man. Pour out your spirit upon him. God, fill him with fresh fire. Let him be a vessel, a carrier of the glory of the Lord. Father, thank you. You wouldn't let him out from under your grip. And so, Lord, we pray, let him carry the glory and the fire of God from the altar of God to many, his family, that his family would be saved in this hour. Household salvation in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. How many others have sons and daughters? You got need? Okay, Lord, just do it. They ain't not going to escape this hour. We got praying moms and dads, uncles and aunts, 
grandpas and grandmas. Lord, we claim them for your kingdom. And Lord, that scripture in Deuteronomy, where those who went into captivity because they were rebellious, like we were, we once were foolish. We once were in darkness. So Lord, would you, in these coming months, hear their cry from their captivity and let a massive harvest erupt out of the wokeness, out of the darkness, out of the despair. And let Jesus receive the reward of his suffering. Lord, we're asking for America to be saved. You said, ask for me. Okay, God, it couldn't get any darker. So we're asking for America to be saved from the north, the south, the east, and the west. In the name of Jesus Christ. For Michigan, Minnesota, call out your state where you were born, where you have relatives. Oklahoma, Texas, yell it out, scream it out. Arkansas, California, Maine, Minnesota, Georgia, Louisiana, Tennessee, Mississippi. Oh, God, we cry out, Lord, and we thank you. Mighty God. Man, I'm breaking a sweat. This is serious. God bless you guys. We know you, you slip in from time to time. God bless you guys. You're part of our family. Anybody that comes here once or twice, they're part of the family. We have a big family. You guys watch online. Thank you for being a part. Okay, I'm going to let you go, but just want to make sure. Say anything, Lord. Anything. Jesus. The only thing I saw is there's somebody here that because of an injury, you have a limp. And that's a picture of what your spiritual life you felt has become. But the Lord would say to you, your limp has been healed. In Jesus' name. That would be good if I was like Chris Reed, but you don't need two Chris Reeds. We just need everybody to be who we are. I'd be amazed if God showed me phone numbers and addresses. You have to stay humble. And probably God would send people around you to help you stay humble so you won't mess up and become boastful. But, Lord, I thank you for that person, whoever it is, that they'll, they'll walk out of here limp-free, and it's a sign that they will no longer be limp in the spirit, and we give you all the glory. Okay, God bless you. Fresh oil, fresh anointing. We'll see you soon.